Brent's microphone not working today? Hold on, I, I didn't I mean, this this could be one maybe one of the greatest days in show history, if that's the case. I got to do is, is my mic working right now, Cruz? Your right, mic is. Man. All right, right on, man. Welcome to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm Austin. I'm Austin Lane. My co host, Brent Martin, right now has been silenced. Maybe it's from the graces of God. Maybe it's a sign. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll get his mic on pretty soon. We'll get a lot on tap for today. We're going to talk about that 2017 NFL draft. Was Alvin Kamara. And let me make sure I say this. Yet? Not really. Yeah, probably um, not. Jags are not the only team that thought uh, Leonard Fournette. Is your mic on now? Are we yeah, good? my mic's on. Okay, cool. What? To take it away from here, Brent Martino. <laughs> you got it, man. You want me to turn it back off? I gave you a lot of homework today. It was a lot better. Yeah, and trust me, I didn't do any of it. Because, by the way, the, the link that you sent me, it was requiring my email and stuff. No, not going to do that. The link I sent you, I gave you a username and password. Yep. And, and, and then it said, sign in with your own Gmail account. I'm like, I'm not going to sign in with my own Gmail account to read one article. Sorry, athletic.com. I get you guys are hustling, and I respect it, but I don't hustle that way. I'm not going to give you my information, my name, my email, just to read an article. So, Brent, hopefully you can give me some of the cliff notes and nope. tell me what you read today. Nope. This sounds like Murray State. This is what happened at Murray State. Mm-hmm. This is how football players get through at Murray State. Mm. Hey, 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 give me your cliff notes. Uh. I didn't want to. 3.2 GPA. Yeah. yeah. 3.2. My goodness. Not really. Those, uh, those friends must have been pretty good. Honest, no, honest man. Question. Hey, trust me. I, I didn't have any friends writing my 75-page uh, paper that I had to do for my senior year. Out, so. of, out of curiosity, Brent, do you think my GPA was better or lower than that? Oh, that's a good question. But uh, you, you actually cheated, though. So, <laughs> well, you did plagiarize that turned into a D, probably. Yeah, you definitely no, cheated. No, I got so. failed from that class. You failed, so... Uh, I'm going to say yours is probably less. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, there's too many bars. Or... I was... Here's the thing. He <laughs> went to a dry town. He went to a school where there's a dry town, right? I think there's a dry campus. It was a dry county. A dry county. Dry county and dry campus are two different things, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. dry county means there ain't a lot of bars happening. You know what? The the border of Tennessee was five miles away. But yeah. okay. But, to be but fair, Cruz, the, the downtown St. Augustine's like you could throw a rock. Cruz exactly. probably went to a bar at his underwear one time. <laughs> Why would you do that? The well, underwear because... bar crawl. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> That's a thing. I... Okay, go on. Sorry. I was, Girls, I was, I was kidding. Everyone, by everyone the way. does like, that. I, I, I thought you knew serious. something I did. Like, I, I don't know that. I he thought did you knew something I didn't. There's an underwear bar crawl. I think we did one. You can roll out of bed and be in a bar. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But apparently there's an underwear bar crawl, which is right up his alley, which is crazy to think about. You know, I, I graduated with a 2.89 GPA, and they wouldn't round me up. Truth be told, I think when I left my junior year, I was about like 2.6, 2.7. And then my senior year, I had to take all over because obviously I left early for the draft. Um, I got you know straight A's then, so it helped me out a lot. I actually applied myself a little bit. It's crazy when you get older. what I got. Really? You, you don't take pride in it? As long as, hey. D's get degrees. Yeah. So you're all, well, I didn't do that. I mean, I was three points something, but I, I just don't no, remember. C's. D's get degrees, too, don't yeah. they? Yeah. I wasn't a 4.0 4. guy. Yeah. Um, and I, But I was like, I was probably th- mid th- threes. I don't even know if I was above 3.5. What's 3.5? Like, is 3.5 like... I think 3.5 you get like an act... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you... So, so uh, sum cum laude? Is it like magna cum laude? Yeah, yeah. magna cum laude. Do you I don't care about... No, Did I don't think so. Oh, flex. I might have got the next one. Look, look, uh, just cum laude then, right? Just cum laude? I might I mean, dude, one. you're asking the wrong guy here when Me it comes too. to that stuff. Okay. I yeah. think GPAs and all that stuff are so overrated. I mean, it's at the end of the day, whatever. it comes down you to tests, right? You can be proud of it if you want, but it's 
overrated. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to tests, and I was a horrible test taker. So. But you just got to understand, too, like, there's so, again, I appreciate schooling, and every, uh, I appreciate the discipline of schooling more than anything else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but unless, and there are professions that you really got to, like, school's very, 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 very important, to, like, for 4.0s or for whatever else. Like, I want my doctor to be smart if they're doing surgery on me, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 for sure. But for radio. But you don't need your Not for sportscaster radio. to be that smart. No, like, man. does it matter if I get a 3.9 or a 2.6? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. It matters if I read The Athletic today for the article no. <laughs> that I want to talk about. Oh, no, it's all good, man. I, I can catch up. It's not a big deal at all. But, no, listen, like, all the kids that were in, like, my journalism class, and some have gone on and do some things, but there are some 4.0ers out there that are probably on Facebook right now doing some pyramid scheme just to just to get by. You're right? So they're like, Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sitting here and telling the, the youth out there in the nation saying, don't worry about the test. Don't worry about the grades. It's all a scam. Like, nah, man. Like, you got to do you work. Do your work. Um, do the best that you can. But I'm just saying, um, if you go to the NFL, there's a job waiting for you when you're done. <clears throat> uh, update on the Bowls school right now is they uh, Bowls is down 28 to seven. Mm. 28 to seven. Uh, they're up seven to nothing on a Cade Fruit touchdown run. Cardinals Gibbons real deal. Uh, Bulls is a real deal, but sometimes you just don't know what you got to run into, and it's a matchup thing. Who are they playing? Uh, the Cardinals, Cardinal Gibbons, and, Cardinal and that Gibbons. was going to be a tough matchup for them. Uh, Trinity Christian with a huge win last night in comeback fashion in the state championship. So uh, what a win for them! Eighth state championship. Well, it looks like Bulls will be still on number eleven. They were trying to get their twelfth. Uh, so um, we'll keep you updated. Marcel Robinson is there, but it looks like state championship-wise, our local teams could go one and two after University Christian lost yesterday, and Bowles is losing today, I think, as they're in the fourth quarter. So um, we'll keep you updated, see if there's some miraculous comeback for the Bowles school. Uh, either way, a good season for all of them. We will have one final edition of the Blitz Scoreboard Show coming up uh, tomorrow, 9 o'clock. We'll have the Blitzies at 10.30 on Fox 30. Make sure you roll those DVRs if you're watching the SEC Championship game, which we don't mind. Uh, we'll have it on social media too, but if you like high school sports and, and you're into high school football, uh, you play high school football, check out our award show we do annually. Um, that is coming up on Saturday night, 10.30 on Fox 30. You know what's so weird about this week? I feel like for the first time, I feel like like the Jags game like doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm dis. I, I know they haven't mattered that much, but it's like, how will they beat this team? How will they? I, it's not even running through my mind that much. Like I, but now I got to be honest with you. I've done this before. Mm-hmm. And Green Bay, I didn't think they had a chance to win, mm-hmm. and they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple other games on the schedule. I was like, they just don't have a chance to win. Pittsburgh, yeah, they didn't really have a great chance to win that Pittsburgh game, right? Didn't feel like it. And I think Baltimore fits in that category where it's just like, I don't feel like personnel-wise, even if they were healthy, even if you go back to this season and, and they were 6-7 and seven right now, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like they had a great chance to win this game. Well, now that they just got thumped. Now that there's three games to go, now that it looks like Baltimore's starting to try to find its groove a little bit, they're playing for a lot. Now that the Jags have gone through quarterback turmoil and and team turmoil and 12-game losing streak, I just don't even know. Like It's like, are we wasting our breath to say, well, the Jags could win if they do this? I, it just doesn't feel like that kind of game. I mean, no, it doesn't feel like that kind of game, especially with the Baltimore Ravens right now in must-win mode. And... You know, I look at it like this, though. The Jaguars just got embarrassed. 
absolutely embarrassed in their home against their supposed divisional rival. Now, you know how I feel about it. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are really a rival, but call it what you want. They got curb stomped. So when that happens to a team, the following week, usually guys stay a little longer for studying, right? Usually guys work a little harder in the weight room because they don't want to have that feeling again. Because when you're helpless, when Derrick Henry's pounding the rock for 200-plus yards and there's nothing you can do about it, that's a pretty crappy feeling. And you have a Baltimore Ravens team right now that's coming off a, a big win uh, towards the end of the game with the Cleveland Browns, right? So I don't want to say that the Baltimore Ravens right now are coming off that high and overlooking the Jacksonville Jaguars because they'd be foolish to. I think they have a, a bunch of great coaches there in Baltimore that wouldn't allow that. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a motivated um, – a physical brand of football from the Jacksonville Jaguars just to try to make things right from the Tennessee Titans game this past week. I like when I just come up with some things on the fly as I'm listening to you talk. What about this one? What's more surprising Mm -hmm. this weekend? Florida beating Alabama (laughs) or the Jags beating the Ravens? Um, Is that no-brainer? Is it the Jags? But, I mean, keep in mind now, I think the Jags are less of an underdog than the Gators are to Alabama. Yeah. uh, What would be more of a surprise, I think, right now, given the situation of must-win for the Ravens, I think the Jaguars winning would be a a bigger surprise. I mean, they'd both obviously be giant, ginormous surprises, but I'd probably lean with the Jaguars. I'm trying to think of of any other kind of – I guess, how about this? Mm -hmm. Northwestern beating Ohio State. What are we comparing this to? Are we comparing it to all of them? Um, like, yeah, Northwestern? I'm trying to think what would trump the Jags yeah. in your surprise. But that's kind of, I'm kind of with you, right? Yeah. Florida's a 17-point dog. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Florida has a fighting chance against Alabama. I've seen their offense, man. They're good. I think that was a little bit of a whatever it's a trap game, whatever their bad coach game, whatever they weren't ready to play game, the shoe game, the whatever game against LSU, I just felt like, okay, that's one of those games. Mm-hmm. I still think they're a good football team. And to be honest with you, if Florida had beaten LSU, I think the line would be about 12 points against Alabama. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Before that game against LSU, I was toying with the idea of picking the Gators. And I'm far from a Gator fan. Okay. But I was toying with the idea of picking the Gators. Mm. Now I'm not even messing around with it. I mean, I just can't do it. I just saw what happened last week. And Alabama's been so good. Yeah. But, I mean, I just felt like, hey, you know what? I but, think they can keep up. Like I think, they, and and if you come up with your best defensive game, I just don't know. Listen, it's the NFL. The mm-hmm. Jags certainly have a better chance, probably, mm-hmm. because it's the NFL. We saw them against Green Bay. Uh, we see these kind of games. I mean, who just went out? Who went out to Seattle? When the Giants went out to Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. And I know the Giants have won four in a row, but come on, the Giants aren't better than Seattle. So it happens in sports, but it more happens in the NFL. Like the games are meant to be close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Minshew's coming back. But, man, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you that's where my feeling is at. Like, I just don't feel there's much of a chance for them to win this football game going into on Sunday. And I think you said it. I think the thing that was unexpected against Green Bay is that the Jags played a physical brand that I, I don't know if I've seen that around for a few years. Yeah. Like, they played such a physical brand of football. Kind of reminded me of 17 a little bit when they went to Pittsburgh the first time. I, I know they made big plays in that game, mm-hmm. but they also said, hey, we ain't getting beat up by you. Yeah. You know, and they went up there and they matched that intensity. I just don't know in December if the Jags in a 12-game losing streak with three to go are going to f- muster that kind of performance up 
physicality-wise. Yeah, so listen, when we talk about you know the, the Florida Gators' uh, chances of beating Alabama or Northwestern's chances of beating Northwestern or the Jaguars' chances of beating the Ravens, like if I'm going to put money down on one of those underdogs, like, and, and I understand like storylines are and like the narrative like that could mean something, but like I can't commit to storylines or narratives. Like I need something that's foolproof. I need something that's solid. So like when I say I need something that's solid, I need something where I can look at a team and be like, okay, if the game was to shake out where the Jaguars would beat the Ravens, how would they do it? If Northwestern would beat Ohio State, how would they do it? If Florida would beat Alabama, how would they do it? Now. You know, throughout the year, and we've kind of disagreed a little bit, but I'm, I want to see what your opinions are now. You always thought that Florida's offense compared with Alabama's offense in terms of being explosive and in terms of being productive. Like, do you still feel that way, or do you feel right now Alabama's a notch above Florida? No, I, I think Florida's offense is I, – I still think you can contest that Florida's offense is just as good mm. as Alabama. I really do. Mm. I, I think he, I think Mullen and Trask are on that kind of same page. And, and keep in mind, they scored, what, 34 points last week? I know LSU's not very good. But they did it without Kyle Pitts. So with Kyle Pitts in the game, yeah, right? Uh, and keep in mind, Alabama lost their star receiver as well. I, I, I know. I'm yeah. just telling you that they haven't missed a beat without Waddle. Mm. They would be better with Waddle, but they haven't missed a beat without him. Florida is different without Pitts. So yeah. Florida needs pits. So so for me to answer this question with, hey, the Gators, can they be as good offensively as Alabama? I say yes if they have pits because he changes everything for them, even offensively. Okay. But, like, uh, and when they played uh, Vandy, did Pitts play in that game? Because remember, like, there's for a while, like, where that offense was. Like, see, I don't I, think I, they I, did. I, that was after the Georgia game. So yeah, I think yeah. when he missed two games, I think that was one of okay. them. Okay. Uh, uh, my only point is, like, listen. Florida's offense for periods, for stretches, has looked stagnant. Now, it hasn't been a lot, but it has. I can't recall one time that Alabama's offense was like, ooh, what is that? Because yeah. they've literally curb-stomped everybody, and they still have the ability to run the ball when they need to. They have the ability to, to, to pass the ball when they need to. So when I break down this Florida-Alabama game, I'm not, I'm not going to go with the mistake that Joey Galloway did in the Florida's got no chance. Ha, ha, ha. No, there's always a chance. This is football. Have some faith. But I'm just saying the only way I can foresee Florida – beating Alabama is in a track meet because yeah. I think Alabama's oh, defense too. is way too good. And I think right now Alabama has more weapons at the wide receiver position. They have the better running back. Quarterback's up for debate. But at the end of the day, I just feel like there's too much firepower. So that's why like I wouldn't ever bet on Florida. Now, with Northwestern, I can make an argument for that game because Northwestern's defense, I think, is better than Ohio State's. I honestly do. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ohio State has great players in their secondary. Right? Sean go, go, go got some here. Exactly. First round pick, hands down, right? They have some great talent. But as far as playing together, I can make an argument and say Northwestern might be better. So if Northwestern was going to win that game, I can see it because I've seen Justin Fields make mistakes before. I've seen Justin Fields what happens when you man up the receivers a little bit and he gets a little nervous. I have history to go off of. So to say Northwestern is going to beat Ohio State, it's probably not going to happen, but that's a way that they can do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and this is my point. So with Jacksonville and Baltimore now, how could Jacksonville beat Baltimore? I can't see them just pounding the rock because Baltimore does that better. Okay? Like in terms of yards per game, in terms of physicality, I'll be honest with you. Baltimore does that better, just like Tennessee did it better last Sunday. Now, keep in mind, they didn't really go to James Robinson that much in the first half. So if you're going to ask the question and say, how do you beat the Baltimore Ravens right now? If you're Doug Marone, if you're Jay Gruden, if you're Todd Wash, 
you, you air the ball out. Because the only advantage that you have right now is the ability to throw. And the only advantage you have right now is the wide receivers are better. So I think you try to expose that thing. I think you try to make it a high-scoring game, as crazy as that sounds. But there's no way to me you're going to beat the, the Ravens at their own game. Just not going to happen. What a catch-22, though, because really one of the, the ways when you are at a disadvantage, when you yeah. are outmanned, essentially, and again, I mean, it happens to a degree in the NFL, and certainly the Ravens are better on the roster. Yeah. But when you're outmanned, what you want to do a lot of times is shorten the game. Correct. And so if you're going to throw the ball, that's not, off the field. Right? But yeah. that's not shortening the game. I mean, unless you're going to hit a lot of passes, unless it's the efficient game plan of like the first game of the year against the Colts where they go 19 for 20. Short passes. Something yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's tricky because I think you have to feed Robinson because you have to continue to get him going. And I'm selfishly want him to add more yards. Yeah. But I think also you might play into the hands of Baltimore if you do it that way. Even Cleveland, yeah. as much as they run the football, they came out and threw the football again. Mm-hmm. That's two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. To your point, they did it against Tennessee. Jags tried to mimic that against Tennessee and paid the price. Correct. So I think I'd go back to who you are. I mean, it, you, you got to be careful of what teams are, mm-hmm. but I also think you have to be, know who you are. No, And, and so I wouldn't be as afraid of my opposition as I am of afraid of not being who I am. No, I understand that, but I'm just saying if I was betting on an underdog and I'm looking at how can this team win this game, I can see the Jaguars passing with Gardner Minshew, um, using the short pass game with LaVisca Chanel. Maybe DJ Chark finally gets back on in a groove here. And, yeah, maybe throw the short passes to James Robinson and obviously use play action off him as well. But to me, that's the only way you beat Baltimore Ravens. Like, I think if you rush James Robinson 25 times, you know, maybe 30 times this game, it's not going to happen because Baltimore, in my opinion, does it better. Uh, an update on Keontae Johnson. It's It's not... It's not uh, too revealing. I, without, I, I, I want to be careful here, but with the lack of updates and not like this, obviously the big news this week on Keontae Johnson was he was breathing on his own. Mm-hmm. He was FaceTiming with the team. That was the last thing we knew until this one. I'll give you in a moment. But And, and it's not like super advanced. It's not like this big next step. Hey, he's out of the hospital. Or he's up walking around or whatever the next thing would be. I don't know that. That's why I want to be a little careful. But, man, I mean, how alarm is, is – we're not to the point where we're talking about yet because we don't know enough. Like, what's his future? Um, I think he's still battling so many things, the, the thoughts still with the family and, and with him. Um, but I also don't want to forget about this story. I mean, this story Saturday, Sunday, Monday, even into Tuesday was huge. And it feels like now it went quiet a little bit on Wednesday and even into the early part of today until we get this latest update. The Gators have now canceled the next three games as well mm-hmm. that they were scheduled to play. And I understand that because mm-hmm. of the emotional toll for these young men and the young people around that program and even the older people around that program has to be enormous. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I guess, just what's your level of concern? Because. The the more days that go by and I don't see like this, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for. Like I feel like I'm looking down an, an, an empty tunnel right now at what I need to see or f- to feel better about Keontae Johnson. Yeah. How do I feel about it? I mean, listen, right now that team, um, that coaching staff knows a lot more about the situation than we do. You know, And, and I think when it's time to reveal what's going on, they're going to do it. So I'm not stressing too much about that. Uh, but at the same time, it is a little weird that we haven't had further updates, right? Like we, we had the glimmer of hope a little bit and now we're just kind of stuck, uh, in limbo here wondering, well, what's, what's the next step? You know, I mean, can he come back and play this season? Is he out for the year? You know, these are all questions that will eventually be addressed. I do agree though with Florida canceling these next three games because 
I can't imagine being part of that team right now or being a coach and trying to get your guys in order. Because it's one thing, like, listen, severe injuries happen all the time, right? We talk about it. When Once you enter the arena, sometimes you're at the risk of the arena. And sometimes, you know, there's a gruesome leg injury. Sometimes there's a concussion where you're knocked unconscious. And they're all um, very uh, bad optic kind of things. But this is different, though. This is a guy collapsing out of nowhere. This was a guy who um, was playing to the best of his abilities, going for a dunk, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's unconscious on the ground. Uh, that's not normal. That's not supposed to be part of the game of basketball or any professional sport. So with that being said, that's scary. Okay, and I get why they canceled the next three games. I guess going forward now, we just got to play the waiting game, man, and hope that we get some news uh, sooner than later. Yeah, by the way, I don't say this in saying that we should know more. Like, mm-hmm. why don't we know more? I just selfishly say I wish I knew more, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of waiting for that thing that makes you feel a little bit better. Now, maybe this is. Maybe, maybe I'm over-dramatizing, and maybe this next bit of news is, is, is great progress, mm-hmm. and we just don't know where it's... On the totem pole of great progress, where great and good or better or outstanding is, right? Yeah. Uh, but Scott Strickland, the AD, just said, good news continues for Keontae. So he did say that in a tweet. And the statement is, Keontae Johnson continues to show truly encouraging signs of progress as he undergoes tests and further evaluation at UF Health. Uh, he and his family have, again, expressed their gratitude for the outpouring of love, prayers, and well wishes. Florida's non-conference men's basketball game scheduled in the next week will be postponed. Florida Atlantic on the 19th, Florida A&M on the 20th, and James Madison on the 22nd. He says this has been an emotionally taxing time for Keontae's family, friends, and teammates. Our hope is that everyone impacted will take an opportunity to process those emotions and regroup ahead of the start of the new year. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a good move by Florida. Give this team a little bit of a break, catch your breath uh, a little bit, and say, hey, we got to process all this. There's a lot going on for, again, for a team yeah. that, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe they know a whole heck of a lot more, but I can't imagine they do. I, I don't think they want stuff being leaked out. So they probably don't know a whole lot more about Keontae's situation, um, even though they might know some. So, uh, that's the latest, uh, from the Florida Gators and, and continued thoughts and prayers, of course, with Keontae Johnson as, as uh, you know, I, I guess we're all just kind of waiting for that day. He gets up there and walks out of that that at UFL. Yeah. And we all then feel great. You know, it reminds me a little bit of earlier this year, kind of the waiting game around like it, a totally different circumstance, by the way. But remember those moments in between Ryan Newman after the big crash? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then yeah. And, and I think it was shoot, it might have been some 36 hours or so. Then all, maybe even we, two days. And then all of a sudden he walked out of the hospital. We're like, wait a minute, how's he doing that? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it kind of reminds me of because you just don't get. Again, I'm not saying we should have the information. Mm-hmm. It's just as we all watch this, you just wish you, you had a little bit more I hear you. Uh, at the moment. Uh, I take you back to the 2017 draft. Some interesting things about the New Orleans Saints that you might find about the Jacksonville Jaguars in a strange way, in a related way. It's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I'm not the guy that likes to, like, be overdramatic. Austin Lane. Well, you you're almost by. in tears yesterday. I was. So. Well, that was a little different. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. From our perspective, we're like, nah, we're not, we're not going out there tanking. Like, if if anybody's thinking that, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, I promise. <laughs> like, if it was up to me, we'd be 16 and 0 right now. You know, that's that's just how it goes. So yeah, we're not trying to tank. I don't know if that makes me feel better or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what would have happened if he came out and said that? Though? Yeah, we're taking, like, oh, yeah, listen, guys. The once, fix once, is in. Listen, once we got to one and six, we just felt like yeah. this might be the best way to go. Yeah, man. I <laughs> mean, like the most classic thing ever. It'd be unheard of. It would be unheard of. I mean, that'd be right up there with like a coach during would the PR, preseason. Like, what do you think about your team? Our team sucks this year. We're gonna be horrible. Would you Would you get in trouble if you said that? Like, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. There'd be a lot of things that would follow. You'd, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd be having a nice conversation with the head coach and well, well the whole GM organization would be having a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's kind of grounds for dismissal, depending on who you are. Interesting. You'll hear from it a little bit later, but uh, and and by the way, players usually do this. So you, I don't know if you if you ask this question to Adam about Adam Gase in New York, yeah. I'm not sure how many players are going to sit there and say, "Yeah, I hope he comes back." Yeah, I think yeah. they'll more phrase it like, "Well, it's a business. We know sometimes things happen." You know. Yeah. Uh, around here, Miles uh, again. You probably hear it a little bit later, but he said that hey, if somebody came and and they a lot of them do talk to Shad. I don't know if everybody does, but a lot of the like the captains and leaders yep. talk to Shad Khan. Um, as the season ends, and he said, if he asked me to keep Doug Marone, I'm, I'd say, heck yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think Doug's done a nice job for the players. I don't think there's beef between, you know, obviously the Minshew thing was interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't really think there's a heavy beef. But it doesn't take a beef also to say, hey, we might be better off making a change right about now. Those guys, they know how it works. I mean, it's four years in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Miles Jack also knows how it works from when Tom Coughlin was here, and we can assume that it was kind of a mess in that locker room. Now, you had one successful season, but after that, obviously, there was a snowball effect, and the team went in the dumpster. And in doing so, you had a lot of situations where there's a lot of bad optics and a lot of, um, you know, just like a, like a lot of bad scenes in that locker room. So I think to go from that to how bad it was with the optics and the grievances and all that stuff to go from Doug Marone, who's essentially kind of being himself this year, and we see the players responding to it and the players enjoy that, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with Miles Jack here, but I see where Miles Jack is coming from in saying that he would keep Doug Marone. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I get it. Listen, even on the way out, I remember, I mean, you knew the record was, uh, the, what the record was, and those questions that were asked in December about Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you know the record, you know what's coming. I mean, they know what's coming. Uh, everybody, it, they're not blind to that. Like, it would not be a surprise, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right? Uh, you get to the point where the surprise is if, if you're coming back. Correct. Uh, and that would be the surprise. Like, I would think, now, again, the Players don't sit there on social media. They don't listen to the shows. They don't listen to the, the narrative that's built up. Well, so he, they, he was saying he was, though. Miles Jack said he did. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, but, uh, Miles Jack says he doesn't, I guess, have Twitter or Instagram, but he sees like the, the like the blogs and the websites that, talking about them wanting the Jaguars to tank. It, it threw me off because when the Jags tweeted something, they tagged all their players except for Miles Jack. It just said his yeah. name, but I don't think he's on Twitter. Well, he, I think he got off it. Yeah, yeah but Miles, he still says that he hears it. Listen, Miles is interesting this year. Like I've done interviews with Miles, like where we sat down, and he's like, "Yeah, I watch you guys all the time, like every night, ten thirty on Fox 30. Yeah, like he, yeah. he spit it out. Yeah. Like he seriously does. Like that's what. Well, that's that was a couple years ago. Now sure. he might turn it out, but I, I, I found that interesting that he said that. I mean, it's a young guy. It's like he's not watching news probably. He's like twenty three <laughs> years old, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, he's he was a homebody guy. He had like he has like three dogs and yeah. making know, in his news new house cool again. and he's just watching whatever. And so, uh, but then it was interesting. Like he pivoted this year. He pivoted to be like, listen, I didn't have a great year last year. Yeah. I'm going to still be a leader of this team. I'm all in on this team, but I'm not sitting here and talking to the media all the time. I mean, he's, I think he's just talked twice. Yeah. He's like, well, captain, and he's just talked twice all year 
to the media. I mean, and, and listen, he's had a fantastic year. Maybe he wanted to brush all that aside. I, I, I'm okay with that. Like, I respect that. I think it is a little bit hard to be a captain and, and guy who's so vocal in the past and not really do that more. But if he wasn't comfortable, wanted to focus on, on the craft a little bit more and thought yeah. this would make him better, I, I can respect that. Listen, I respect it because last year, if he would have got off social media and Instagram and not said a word, I would have got it, right? Because it wasn't his best year last year. Yeah, right? He was yeah. he was playing out of position. He didn't do that well. But it's very telling. And I get it. Right now, the season not going the way that Miles Jack wanted, not going the way that anybody wanted. Right? You've only won one game so far this season. But Miles Jack individually has played at a very high caliber all star type of level. And if any reason was to come back on social media, well, hell, when when you're doing good, you want to be on social media, man. You want to see what they're saying about you. You, you want to put your energy out in the, into the social media universe. It's when you're doing bad. It's when you're making mistakes, when you're getting embarrassed uh, you know, with your individual efforts. That's when you want to get off social media. So respect to Miles Jack for maybe having you know the season of his life right now and still taking it upon himself to go, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this mess right now. I'm just going to stay off social media and do my own thing. How I about, respect it. How about the New Orleans Saints? Okay, I'm going to bring this article up now. I might talk a little, it's kind of long and there's a lot of different things to it, but mm-hmm. I just found this fascinating. I shared it on social media today. It's in The Athletic, and, and I'm going to give you, this is the last quote, mm-hmm. okay? I'm going to start with the last quote from uh, Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland? Jeff Ireland, yeah. Uh, who's obviously in the front office and, and helped build this thing back up. Remember, he used to be with the Dolphins, and I think he's a guy that you should be you know, that that's that's one of those guys that's been in it before and now is showing this ability to really raise the um uh the the New Orleans Saints bat you know, from a redraft replenish standpoint. He says we got two out of our top ten, five out of our top thirty five, and six out of our top sixty. He says, I remember telling the draft room that day, I said, hey, look, fellas, do you guys realize what we just did? We just got five out of our top 35. I could go 10 more drafts, and we won't get five out of our top 35. We just drafted three first-rounders and two second-rounders. And uh, uh, there were some choice words after that from, heck, yeah, kind of thing, you know. From but, Trump, from who? From um, I, Snitch. No, 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 it was just a, another quote. Like, oh, Mickey I got Loomis, you. who's the okay. Saints general manager. I got you. Um, so that that was kind of interesting. But Jeff Ireland's the assistant general manager. Uh, and Mickey Loomis is the general manager. And obviously Sean Payton has a lot of say. Mm-hmm. But the whole article here in The Athletic is about the draft of 2017. Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Marcus Williams, who's a safety. I don't think he's like everybody knows, but, I mean, that's Marcus Williams, a good player for them. Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, and, and then even uh, Trey Hendrickson who was a third-round pick. They didn't pick again until, like, the sixth-round pick defensive end. Mm -hmm. So in their first two, four, six picks, that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a tremendous draft, and that's what the whole article is on. So what's wild about that is their fourth pick in that draft is Alvin Kamara. Sure. That's the same draft where the Jaguars took Leonard Ford at number four overall. Yeah. And the Carolina Panthers took... Christian McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. number eight overall. And so there are some fascinating things in here about they were surprised that the Jags took Fournette that early. Sure. That was a surprise. Like they said it at the time. They were like, wow, like we knew he was a good player. We had him high. We had him on our board too. Yeah. Like a first round guy, but we're a little okay, Mm -hmm. you know, because they were picking 11th in the first round. Uh, 
that year. Let me just double check. I said that right. Yeah, 11th. So the next part uh, of that, and they were a little surprised, by the way, in Christian McCaffrey going number eight, too. Yeah, yeah. But they did. What's interesting there is they had McCaffrey and Fournette ahead of Kamara mm-hmm. on their board. Say it one more time. So they had the two guys that went in the top ten. Correct. They had them ahead of Kamara. The Saints yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, where they were picked in terms of the sequential order yep. was kind of where the Saints saw it, too. So the way it happened, but not that high. Yeah. Like, there wasn't that much space. The, the Saints got Kamara with, like, the 67th pick. Well, keep in mind, they had, they had a trade-off to get him. Yeah. They, but, they, they traded a second-round pick, I think, the following season to get Kamara. Yes, to get yeah. two-third, because they really jumped back in. They had a yeah, bunch yeah. of third-round picks. Yeah. But the bottom line is... Four for Fournette, eight for McCaffrey, yeah. 67 for Kamara. It's crazy. And right, a lot of people will sit here and say, like, oh, I mean, you could have got Alvin Kamara. Like, we, we do that all the time, right, with drafts. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. What, what I think is interesting is two things here. The Jags, in their evaluations, might not have been wrong in terms of saying, hey, we think Fournette's the better guy. We mm-hmm. think, or Carolina, we think McCaffrey's the better guy. It looks like other teams felt that way, too. Mm-hmm. But it's where you put, pick them, which still bothers Jags fans. Like, mm-hmm. that's what bothered. The fact that they went fourth overall with Leonard Fournette is what bothers Jags fans. Because why do you go running back that high? And if yeah. you look at the production of Leonard Fournette, I always say this. Leonard Fournette wasn't a bad pick. It's it's one of those, He was it was where he was picked. Yeah. That makes it bad. I mean, he was very productive in Jacksonville. He helped you to that 2017 AFC Championship game. And then, of course, all other things transpired. But he wasn't a bad player mm-hmm. for the Jaguars. Certainly wasn't. No, listen. How, uh, how do I want to put this here? Okay, so with Leonard Fournette, did it turn out to pay dividends taking him that high? Absolutely not. But... At the time, I wasn't mad that Jags, and I understand, it's a first-round running back, and there's always a caveat, and there's always a red flag to that. But, like, the Jaguars fell in love with him, right? So they maybe thought outside the box a little bit. They defied what a first-round pick should be, and they took him. They took a chance, they gambled, and they paid for it, right? Now, if they would have drafted Christian McCaffrey... We aren't having this conversation right now, right? Because the Panthers, you can say, well, they drafted. I mean, they took a risk. Um, you know, they thought outside the box. They got Christian McCaffrey. Right now, there's not one single Carolina Panthers fan out there thinking that the, the Carolina Panthers, you know, messed up for taking a first-round pick in Christian McCaffrey. No one's thinking that. Obviously, if you're a Jaguars fan, that's all we preach about because Fournette's no longer here. So I'm not mad at the risk. But I obviously am disappointed in who the risk turned out to be. Yeah, and here's what's fascinating to me. And again, we'll get more into the Mahomes stuff in just a bit. Because Mahomes actually is somebody they coveted. Yeah. And then Kansas City goes up and gets. So I want to ask a little bit about that in in the long term. But they did work on Kamara. You know, they went to Tennessee when they went there. Like this one line says, Saints had dinner with Kamara the next day in Knoxville with some of his volunteer teammates, including defensive end Derek Barnett and quarterback Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. You know, so they did a lot of homework. They went there. Yeah. But when they went there, they wanted him to run routes and stuff. And he and he'd already said through his agent he wasn't working out that day. Yeah. didn't even have his cleats. Yeah. And somebody had to go up to him and be like, hey, man, it's probably good if you go run some routes here because Sean Payton is here yeah. and he wants you to do that. Like, it's probably not a good look if you don't. Yeah. And so initially, he was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then he ended up going to get cleats. They're like, you can get cleats. It's Tennessee. They've got some somewhere. Uh, I mean, listen, props to the Saints because they had the, the culture to cultivate Alvin Kamara. Remember, Alvin Kamara was at Alabama. Got thrown out of school. Yes, went, went to, to Juco, junior college. And, yeah. then, and then he played at Tennessee and also had some knee, in, like, some knee injuries and things like that as well. So, like, 
There was some red flags with Alvin Kamara. Obviously, the Saints thought they had somebody. Even with Mark Ingram toting the rock, they said, hey, Alvin Kamara's a special guy. Let's go get him. And it's paid dividends ever since. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, by the way, Leonard Fournette, again, did it pay dividends? Short term, it did. Went to the AFC Championship game that year. He was a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Obviously, long term, it did not. Yeah. Uh, okay, a little bit. I want to uh, investigate this article a little bit more because there are a couple of things, a couple of questions. Do the Jags do this? Do other teams do this? Are they missing? <laughs> like, were the Saints the only other team interested? Like, why weren't the Jags interested? They had freaking Drew Brees. I hear you. More to come on that and uh, more on the way on ESPN 690. I, I think Jan is going to play extremely hard on Sunday. He's definitely going to play really, really hard on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, he, he's. I'm sure he'll be playing hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good soundbite for Miles Jack. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I still wonder. I mean, I think we're going to wonder, okay? And you know me. I, I, I'm i a believer that I can't believe that Jan at 37 and a half sacks is, is not here. Yeah. But I do wonder, with that price tag, if the Jags would have regretted it. And I wonder where we're going to sit at that at some point. At, down the road. Like, I think it's fair to wonder that. Like, again, if he gets eight sacks for the next four or five years, is, is that worth paying $20 million a year? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. Like, I, I think, I mean, listen, DeJuan Smoot had six and a half sacks last year, you know? And, and by the way, sacks aren't the only thing. I mean, it, there's you can be a disruptor, the forced fumbles, the, the clinching yeah, plays, the big honest, plays, man, all that edge rusher, sacks are everything. Well, they are to every, but I mean, I'm just saying for like you watching, you might oh, say, no, yeah, hey, listen, yeah. Brent, don't compare eight sacks for Jan to yeah. six and a half sacks for Dewan Smoot. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the outside world, the bottom line is you better have a, if you're going to sign a $20 million deal, you better have like a 12, 13, 15 sack year in there. Of course. You better. Yep. Right? Yeah. So that's why Clowney didn't get his money. And he hasn't been lately. You know, yeah. you're right. Clowney hasn't been either. So again, I think it's ridiculous. He's still not on this roster and in this franchise. I I really do mm-hmm. for some way it just epitomizes what obviously has gone wrong mm-hmm. but i do think at the end of the day you could look up three years from now and say listen if the jags had it it wouldn't have been a waste of money but they wouldn't have got all their value for it now, the jags aren't up against the cap so it doesn't matter like none of that stuff even matters that's why even more so why it's ridiculous he's not on the roster they're sitting here with all this money yeah. they got no young players outside of miles jack and joe Schobert locked in mm-hmm. so Jan could have been locked in with Josh Allen for the next three, four years. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. If Yannick Ngakwe, let's say next year, he only has maybe four or five sacks, then you'd say, well, that was a smart investment or it was a smart move by not investing in him and letting him go, and I get all that. But I think that you you fail to forget the value that he would have brought from signing one of your own guys that you drafted. You would forget the value that he would bring to help the young guys out and obviously be a leader and be a pillar for years to come, especially now with the new coaching staff coming in. So while you may not get your money's worth per se, and it could be up for debate on the field, you also can't neglect the fact of what he brings to you off the field and in that locker room as well. Do you think the Jags were interested in Patrick Mahomes at all back in 2017? Uh, probably not. No. Keep in mind Deshaun Watson in that class as well. Yeah. That was Trubisky and all them too. Correct. You know, I I will say this, and this is going to be total. I'm going to be upfront with you and tell you this is just 
more hearsay and conversation yeah. over the last few months, year. And, you know, people people have their own beliefs and agendas and all this stuff. And so that's why I, I preface it with this. Mm-hmm. Is that I was told, I've been told, that they didn't do work at a quarterback's that year at all. Yeah. Like hardly, hardly any work. Yeah. I find that hard to believe because you always will vet players. But I've been told that. I just don't know if I fully believe that, you know, um, because Bortles was re-signed. So, like, well, we got our guy now. Why do we even need to look at a quarterback, mm-hmm. right, going to 2017? That being said, the freaking New Orleans Saints who had Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And, yes, while he was aging a little bit, he's still Drew Brees. And now they're still playing Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. They apparently loved Patrick Mahomes. Jeff Ireland says, we love Mahomes. Loomis, all of our guys love the players, Sean in particular. It's easy for everyone to say that now, but it was true for us back then. Peyton, he was exceptional in the meeting we had with him. Ireland, Sean worked him out. He was very impressive. Peyton said, the one thing that stood out about him, this player could climb the pocket, escape, throw from all the positions. We play in an imperfect game where there's protection issues, and we just saw him make throws go left, right, through the pocket, up the pocket. Really unique throws. He was fantastic. We saw a lot of traits that we saw with Brett Favre. Such a likable player. You watch him on film. You saw a high ceiling. He was very impressive and certainly a targeted player for us in that draft. How do they see that? Mm. I mean, they say... Okay, go I know, ahead. I know yeah. you're going to say they say it in hindsight. Well, yeah, yeah, you know who says they like Patrick Mahomes and we're thinking about taking him? People who didn't take Patrick Mahomes. Okay, simple as that. I don't know. Would you be apt to be like this? We were like this about Patrick Mahomes? Would you be apt to say that stuff when you didn't get him? Listen, if you were that hell-bent on Patrick Mahomes, saying all those nice things about him, and we're talking about the most important position on the field, and we're talking about a guy in Drew Brees who had some injury history, who was on the back nine of his career, then why wouldn't you take him uh, at, at number 11 then? Why would you take Marshawn Lattimore then? If you truly felt that much about him. It's the quarterback. Well, they, didn't they trade up? What did uh, what did Casey trade up? I think Casey traded up in front to, to number 10. Oh, yeah, my, my bad, number 10. So I stand corrected. So, so the, so the Saints just didn't yeah, trade yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, okay, they didn't trade up then. So I stand corrected. Because they might have thought they was going to maybe go, go down. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it maybe, keeps going. Yeah. Look what they keep saying about him, okay? Uh, well, no, they, they, this was more on Camara. But it just it strikes me to say, how much interest did the Jags? This is one of the big problems with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The freaking Saints. And I'm just going to take this for what it's worth on the article, okay? The Saints and the Chiefs have good quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And they see a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and they say, I love that guy. And if he's there at number 11, they actually go in and say they told Drew Brees that, hey, we might pick him. We didn't think he'd even get this far. We might pick Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith, MVP candidate. They go trade up for Patrick Mahomes. This organization... With a Super Bowl champion, now ex- executive vice president of football operations in, in Coughlin, with Dave Caldwell, with Doug Marone, with everybody yeah. scouting, says, we're good. We got Blake Bortles. Yeah. We just signed him to a two-year deal. We're good. Yeah. We got Blake Bortles. How the hell does that happen? The, the funny, How does that happen? The funny thing is, too, Todd McShay had Patrick Mahomes in his, um, like his last mock draft. He had Patrick Mahomes going number 32 to New Orleans Saints. Again, it was a little bit of a surprise that this all this momentum came up there. But obviously there were teams. If you're saying these kind of things about Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs absolutely loved him, and look at Andy Reid and 
are, are they just that forward thinking? Are they did they see something that nobody else saw? Or why wouldn't more teams, and not just the Jags, but more teams be more interested? And how could the Jags stand pat? How could you stand pat? And you had Watson as well. And I, listen, there were some problems with Watson coming out. I wasn't even a huge, I wasn't a huge Watson guy. Wasn't. Uh, drives you nuts. We'll be back on ESPN 6.9. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.